at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We have a very, very exciting show for you guys today, as this is our first three-headed monster show with all three of us here involved in the show today. Once again, my name is Justin. As your host, I'm going to have the other two guys introduce themselves here really quickly. Uh, my name's Ryan. I'm the founder of Skull King Football. And my name's Greg. I'm the one who's not related. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Greg. And Greg will be uh, joining us for more episodes as we go throughout the season. Once again, the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Vox. DFS Firelines at VoxDFS.com. We have an exciting show for you today. We're going to get into some news and notes, cover some daily fantasy starts and sits, and then go over some uh, starts and sits throughout the rest of the league and some advice on some additional players as well. Uh, so we will get right into the news and notes. Biggest piece of news that has happened in the last uh, 12 hours uh, is that Kristen Michael, uh, the Starter for the Seahawks, as of a couple of weeks ago, has now been claimed by the Packers. So there's a couple of questions I want to want, want to ask about this situation. First off, and we'll start with you, Ryan, is what does this say about the Seahawks offense and the trust in Rawls moving forward? Well, obviously, this I don't think that Pete Carroll would, would and, and John Schneider would be dropping uh, Chris and Michael if they didn't believe that Rawls was 100% healthy. Plus, on top of that, they still have Alex Collins. They've, we have seen, um, at least through one game against a pretty tough opponent in New England, that C.J. Procise um, obviously is, is very talented and is fully healthy, finally. Um, and they also, I want to say that they also brought up Tremaine Pope, who is kind of a, a, a preseason kind of a darling for the Seahawks this year. So I think that Really, they, they obviously believe that Rawls is healthy and that even if he's not completely healthy, they have enough faith in ProSize uh, to, uh, uh, to, to be productive um, over the next couple of weeks as they phase uh, Rawls in. Uh, the other question that I have, uh, and I'll shoot this one over to you, Greg, is when, if at all, does Kristen Michael become fantasy relevant for the Packers? But I think I'd go with if at all. <laughs> and it would be never. So it's going to be the same situation like uh, the other the other week where the Packers picked up uh, or they made that trade with uh, with Kansas City to bring in um, what's his what's his face <laughs> Niall Davis. That's right. Yeah, and he was already cut. I mean, granted, he was on my fantasy football roster, and I've already forgotten his name. And I don't really think there's any difference here with Michael. I mean, it's another one of these years with him where it's a bait and switch. There was a time last year where he thought. Oh, maybe he was going to have his moment with the Cowboys, and nope, that didn't happen either. So, uh, I, I don't see him being relevant at all uh, with with Green Bay. 
so, so you feel this is more of a, a Niall Davis 2.0 than a replacement for Ty Montgomery. Absolutely right. Uh, and we'll get into Ty uh, here in just a little bit. But moving on, uh, I'm the the Thomas Rawls question will come up later when we get into some of our starts and sits. Um, but moving on, Randall Cobb was limited in practice on Wednesday. Ryan, do you feel that Cobb is a automatic start or is this lingering issue something to where someone's going to have to go out and grab somebody off the waiver wire? Uh, it kind of depends on what the rest of your what the the rest of your wide receiver core looks like. Um, Cobb has just been hard to trust all season, and so for me, I this year I did not have any shares in Randall Cobb. I thought that you know, um, with what happened last year when I had him then, um, you know that I wasn't sure that he was. I was I, I was kind of thinking that the year before was kind of a flash in the pan that it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the real Randall Cobb. That it just, you know, things worked out really well for him. Um, and so this year, I I didn't have any shares in Randall Cobb, and I just I didn't. I was hesitant just because I didn't know how well he was going to hold up, how well he was going to play. He wasn't really getting away from from defenders last year, and obviously we're seeing that this year. And not only that, he just can't seem to stay healthy. So um, he is not an auto start. Um, you know, if you've got you know if you've got some decent depth uh, on your roster at wide receiver, I would definitely be looking somewhere else. Uh, here's a question: Do you go with uh, just throw this out there? Would you feel safer starting Marvin Jones or Randall Cobb? Uh, honestly, because of the matchup, I'd still I'd actually go Marvin Jones. Okay. And here's and here's why: because Marvin Jones, they're coming off a bye, and I'm hoping and praying for some of my fantasy teams, that Marvin Jones is uh, able to get more involved in the offense after the bye week. Uh, they're also playing against Jacksonville. The Lions are, uh, I believe, at home against Jacksonville. So, I, you know, for me, that kind of boosts Marvin Jones up a little bit. While Cobb is going up against the, um, the Washington Redskins, and their their pass defense has actually been semi decent. Let's see if I've actually hey I've actually got that up here in front of me. The Washington pass defense they are what oh they're right in the middle of the middle of the pack in terms of yards per game at two fifty, but uh, you know it's it's a lot better than what their run defense is, and so there are enough targets in in um or there there's enough other places to go in the. Uh, uh, Packers receiving core that I'm okay to to start Marvin Jones over Randall Cobb. So okay, uh, sticking with the Packers for another question. There was no sign of Ty Montgomery with either the running backs or the wide receivers today during the open portion of practice. Uh, and so to kind of review the last question, Greg, do you feel that this is an indication that James Starks is the man moving forward, even though they've liked Ty Montgomery over the last couple of weeks, or is this an indication that He's just, I don't know, does it say anything or does it say that Starks is the man or potentially uh, Kristen Michael now being added into the roster is in the mix? So I would say that, that Starks is the man, but I think if, if Montgomery's healthy, they're likely to go with whatever the hot hand might be in a given game and it'll be more matchup oriented. 
either way, uh, you know, I, I don't think either one is a, is necessarily a great play unless you're talking about flex positions. I mean, you're not gonna you got to be really desperate at running back to, to have James Starks be be your guy there. And, and where else are you going to slot Montgomery? I mean, I generally wouldn't call him a top three receiver in, in anything out of a really, really deep league. So, um, you know, they're both ultimately flex plays, and I think that's the same way that Green Bay is going to use them in reality. You know, whoever's got the high hand is going to play more that, that week. Uh, and then moving on, Larry Fitzgerald did not practice again on Wednesday. I know we talked a little bit about this off the air, Ryan, uh, but does there seem to be a curse within the number two wide receiver position uh, there at Arizona? Is this a bad indication for Larry Fitzgerald, or is this once again another one of those uh, veteran sits during practice, do you feel? I think uh, for me, uh, let me see. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually looking at uh, something on Larry Fitzgerald right now. Um, I think it looks like they're pretty optimistic that he's going to play against Minnesota. You know, I yeah, we were talking a little bit about the just the 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 curse of the wide receiver two in Arizona with how bad you know Michael Floyd has been the last couple you know the last couple of years. You know, they bring in, they say that J.J. Nelson is going to be the guy, and he has a couple drops and is pretty unproductive in the last game. John Brown's been injured or, you know, dealing – he's also dealing with this sickle cell thing like, uh, like Ty Montgomery. So I think that – I honestly think that Larry Fitzgerald will be fine for the next game, for the game against Minnesota. Uh, I really think this is more of a – probably a veteran sit thing. Uh, another one that could be along the same lines, DeMarco Murray did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Greg, are there any concerns about DeMarco Murray losing any sort of share uh, of the workload to uh, to Derek Cranery, or is it one of these things that there was a lot of indications of DeMarco Murray being hesitant, but then he busted off on the first play for a 75-yard touchdown? Does it really mean anything that he didn't practice today? No, I, I don't think so. I think he's he's still ultimately the man there. He's had a great bounce back season, given um, you know what took place in in Philadelphia. He's got a decent matchup here against Indianapolis. Uh, so I, I think it's one of those things where he's still going to get the lion's share of carries. You know, eighty percent of the touches I, would be my guess. Okay, uh, and then another player who's looking to get the lion's share of carries. Uh, Theo Riddick was limited to practice, but should be back. That's kind of a little bit of a pun there. Um, Jordan Howard was back practicing on Wednesday, so we should see a return of the brother bear uh, from Chicago. Rob Gonkowski, uh, this is something I want to throw out to you guys, is not practicing again. Uh, is this an indication that, I mean, there's a lot of mixed reports this week of it was a punctured lung, then it's just a regular chest injury. Now he's sitting out, and it's not a chest injury, but could be something else. Uh, is this looking like a prolonged absence for Rob Gronkowski, or is this just something that they're going to have to go with day-to-day, Ryan? Uh, I think this is somewhat day-to-day. I, as far as I can tell, they're pretty much expecting that he is not going to play um, against San Francisco. Um, I actually saw a report saying that he actually, because of, even though they, they had said that it wasn't a punctured lung, that it was just kind of a, uh, um, kind of a, a, a quote unquote chest injury. They kind of downgraded it to, they still say that as of right now, um, he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't fare well, um, at the high, pr- at the, the pressure of high altitude. So they're just, they've basically grounded him so that he can't fly. Um, so I think this, this, I think they'll leave him out this week. 
give him a chance to just get some rest so that he could possibly be ready for uh, the the Jets. It could turn into a, a multi-week thing, but as of right now, um, it looks like it may become serious. But for right now, I think we just take it as a as a one week a one week absence and uh, and look at uh, at uh, starting Martellus Bennett. So. Uh, okay. People that I would just like to jump in and say there's a group of people that can relate to Rob Gronkowski owners in fantasy football. That's anybody who's ever owned a European car. It's constantly in the shop. Great <laughs> drive. It's amazing when you have it. But guess what? In that period of time when you're really counting out, oops, might not start. You got to go leave it at the shop over the weekend. Got to get the rental. Be expensive to fix. Right, no Beamer this weekend, baby. We got the Hyundai Sonata. So, are are you saying that Martellus Bennett is a Hyundai Sonata? No, I mean, <laughs> I, think he's a, I think he's a sensible. You know, he might be Camry class, maybe the maybe the two door Accord. I mean, he's a solid player, and it's not bad to have to take him out. But well, you really go high every year on Gronkowski, and you have to deal with this constantly. The guy is like the biggest man on the planet and is constantly injured. Granted, he's a huge target um, for punishment, but I mean, just like walking wounded with the guy. Yeah. That, that, I think that mostly deals with his lack of discipline in the off season. Uh, the, the bro style partying, the keg stands fill in the blank on whatever he does during the off season. It may be a lot of fun, but Belichick's got to be rolling his eyes half the time during the offseason uh, on any sort of uh, uh, Gronkowski issue. And I was just thinking about this the other day. Maybe it's not as extreme, but is – and this is just kind of a joking question. Is, is uh, Gronkowski the healthier, better football player version of Johnny Manziel? I mean, if, if Gronkowski isn't – a monster tight end are we even talking about him or are we throwing him over uh the edge of a boat like we like everyone did with johnny manzel maybe that's neither here nor there but if either of you have a comment on that I that's think, what i thought about today i i think honestly rob Gron- because rob gronkowski is talented and productive i think for the most part they see him as eccentric instead of an idiot, which there's a very fine line there. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I, I really think that, that, yeah, if this wouldn't be an issue, I mean, if, if he was, if he was as unproductive as Johnny Manziel, I mean, he, he would have had the boot long ago, especially, especially from Belichick. Yeah, or if he just, you know, played in Cleveland. Because, I mean, I think certainly yeah. the, the structure that he's in, you know, I mean, there is just no margin for error, uh, you know, with, with Bill Belichick in, in that in that program there. But, you know, you stick anybody in Cleveland for any reason and any number of bad things can happen. And so Johnny Manziel may have had a running start um, at drug addiction and partying, but Cleveland pushed him over – the edge as it does so many people in life. And I think Gronkowski would go the, the same way. ultimately. Okay. So bringing it back to fantasy football uh, related questions, uh, here's kind of our last question in the news and notes is that uh, coach Bruce Arians said that Patrick Peterson will shadow Stefan Diggs in week 11. Uh, are either of you afraid that this, I mean, massively undercuts 
Stefan Diggs production. Minnesota is struggling on offense and has dropped the last four games, but Stefan Diggs is doing much better, getting uh, 13 catches apiece in the last two games and very, very good yard share. Uh, does Stefan Diggs now return to those not-so-flashy games where he was not getting much, or do you feel that Patrick Peterson will continue – or that uh, Bruce – sorry, Stefan Diggs – wow – that Stefan Diggs will actually have a good week against Arizona. So I'll go with you, Greg. You know, I would uh, think it significantly lowers his value. I mean, Arizona is the number one pass defense in the league uh, as it is. And if, if Peterson, who, you know, he certainly holds himself out as in, in quite possibly is the number one corner in the NFL. He's certainly not out of the top three. Uh, and so he's going to take that as a personal challenge. And that's going to be really hard for a struggling offense to try to get over on, on Patrick Peterson trying to lock that guy down. Yeah, and for me, I mean, if, if Patrick Peterson is on Stefan Diggs, they have no one else to throw the ball to except for, you know, the little bit of a connection that, um, that Sam Bradford has with uh, Kyle Rudolph at tight end. I mean, you know, everyone was talking about, you know, everyone thought that, Charles Johnson a couple of years ago was going to be the big breakout with how well, you know, the connection that he had with Teddy Bridgewater and how well he kind of broke out at the end of that last year uh, of the, was it two years ago? And then last year, nothing. And he's proved again this year that he's nothing. Um, and then, you know, who else they've got? They've got Laquan Treadwell who has had his first catch last, last week or the week before his first catch of the year. So, I mean, and with the, the offensive line struggles that they've had with the injuries there, Jarek McKinnon has been worthless as a running back. Matt Asiata is, you know, is also droppable, but he's the only offensive person really, in my opinion, other than Stefan Diggs, well, other than Stefan Diggs and Kyle Rudolph, who's actually worth considering having on your roster. And that's only in a standard league where Asiata might vulture a touchdown. That's it. That offense, I mean, there's there's no one else left on that offense. So if they can shut down, if if Peter if Peterson is shutting down Stefan Diggs, there's no one else on that on that offense worth owning, really. So so you don't like Cordell Patterson in this taking some of the attention away, uh, or or getting some of the attention rather uh, from the quarterback position with Diggs being heavily blanketed by Peterson. No, because uh, even if Peterson is, is you know is shadowing Diggs, they've got other they've got other corners who can get the job done. They've, who is it? Uh, Swearinger and and uh, I think Swearinger is good enough to be able to. Uh, I, I want to say he's a strong safety. Um, you know, he's he even if they move him out, they could move him out to a to a corner, and he could absolutely light up Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is only going to be productive in, in uh, return yards leagues where if he can get, you know, a couple of good returns. Okay. Uh, so that wraps us up on the news and notes. Uh, guys, take it away on the DFS uh, starts for the week and who you guys like in uh, DFS this week. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and do our, our, quick, our quick advertisement here. Um, uh, at Skulking Football, we have chosen uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy as our platform of choice. Yahoo Daily is the industry leader in fair play for DS DFS platforms. Uh, they make it easier for the little guy like you and me to be able to compete in their daily fantasy contests with three major aspects to its fair play rules. Uh, one of the main things they do is they limit um, uh, entries to a maximum of 10 per user per contest. So if you've got one of those big contests that you're entering where there's, you know, say, 
1,500 entries, you can only put in a max of 10. Um, if there's a smaller contest, say only 100 entries, you can actually only have 1% of the total entries. So you can only have one, one in, in one of those smaller contests. Uh, they identify veteran players with a badge so you can see who you're going up against. Uh, you can, you know, try to avoid, um, you know, playing uh, against some of the, the veteran players. They do have some beginner contests as well. And on top of that, they also eliminate uh, and prohibit scripting tools to upload or edit entries. I know that on, on the bigger websites, you can actually upload um, what, you, what would be considered like lineup packs where you load up like 50 lineups into a contest um, that are basically all off of like a spreadsheet type of, type of program and it'll load up all those for you. Uh, Yahoo has eliminated the, the possibility of doing that. So if you want to play daily fantasy without worrying about, again, playing against a, a whole bunch of pros, you know, with hundreds of contests or with hundreds of entries in each contest, create an account, start playing on Yahoo daily fantasy today. Um, it, again, this is, it's one of the, uh, one of the top platforms that, that is used by, uh, the Vox DFS guys. They have been really successful with Yahoo. And so, uh, go ahead and hop on there, go to, uh, skulkingfootball.com slash Yahoo daily in order to get the, uh, the signup links there to get a, a Yahoo DFS account. So, all right, Greg, you and I, here we go. The DFS lineups for this week. Um, I know that you and I were kind of, we were talking a little bit uh, before before the show, kind of what we were looking at in terms of, you know, who's a good value, who's, you know, who should be, you know, in general, in generally talking, uh, who should be a great matchup that you should take. But looking at some of the circumstances around those games, you may want to kind of avoid. So why don't we go ahead and start with the, the, uh, the quarterbacks um, on Yahoo Daily. And uh, you and I kind of talked a little bit about uh, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, how, you know, they should be, if all things are equal, they should absolutely tear apart the defenses that they're going up against in San Francisco and Cleveland. However, you know, it looks like, you know, we're looking at possibility of rain in both those games. And so is, is that enough for you to kind of move away and look somewhere else? Uh, it is for me in Cleveland, uh, just because, I mean, you, you see rain in San Francisco, and it's, I, I've never really watched a game that takes place in San Francisco where the rain was something that I, I can recall altering the game. But every season in some place like Cleveland or Baltimore, you end up with one of these absolutely horrific weeks where it's a torrential downpour, you have a ton of turnovers, no offense, game ends 6-3. And so that's where I'm wary of spending a lot of money, you know, even though it looks like a sure thing. So if I was going for one of the two, a dollar separating the two of them, and the simple fact of the matter is that Tom Brady is way better than Ben Roethlisberger any day of the week, I, I would take Tom Brady. Okay. And, yeah, at $40, I mean, he is, he is the, the high-end play. But, again, they're going against, the, like we've been talking about, the epically horrible defense of of San Francisco, um, is there you know kind of if we're if we're moving away from Tom Brady, is there kind of a value guy that you're looking at maybe maybe around thirty dollars, maybe a little bit more than that? What's a what's a maybe like a tier two guy that you'd be looking at tier tier two or three guy that you'd be looking at for this week? Well, here's my guy, and he's going against my team, the Chicago Bears, and that guy is one Eli Manning. So while the Bears do have a solid defense, uh, Eli is at home. The Bears' strength is more on the on the front seven, 
um, then there's secondary. So I think Eli at twenty nine dollars is uh, is frankly a, a great play there. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. And you know, last time you called Eli, you know, Eli Manning as as being the most likely to have a, a great game, he went off for what was it, three or four TDs. He still threw the two interceptions like we both predicted that he would. But, you know, in I want to say on Yahoo, it's only like minus one, maybe minus two points for an interception. And considering how many yards he put up in the four TDs, those interceptions really didn't affect it at all. So. Right, exactly. And, I mean, the Giants are a very, very pass-happy team. I mean, they don't have much of a running game unless they get in, you know, short yardage around the goal line. But, you know, outside of that, I think Manning does have the ability certainly to throw for – for three scores against Chicago, probably have limited turnovers. Maybe he has one, but you know, close to 300 yards. Yeah, I want to let's see. They were ta- actually talking about this at the the Thursday night game. Uh, the New York Giants actually passed Minnesota for being uh, in terms of being the worst run uh, run team in terms of yards per game. They have moved up to number 31 at 74 yards per game rushing because of that 30 or 25, 30 yard scamper at the end of the game by, um, by, uh, oh, who was it? Um, was it Richard? Yeah, I think that's who it was. So, um, all right, moving on to, uh, yeah, my, my kind of value guy is, um, I was looking at, uh, was Kirk Cousins at $32 going up against the non-existent Green Bay Packers pass defense. Mariota went off for 300 or almost 300 yards. I think it was like 296 and four TDs against the Green Bay defense. Uh, Green Bay is traveling to Washington. It's the Sunday night game. So in prime time, Kirk Cousins has actually been done pretty well in prime time. Not, you know, not fantastic, but he does. He's not like a, like what we were talking about, uh, Andy Dalton, who absolutely folds in prime time. Mm. So I could see Kirk Cousins having a really solid game. Um, you know, pass the ball, especially if you wanted to, you know, double up and, and stack him with, uh, with say, Jordan Reed. Um, I think that could be a really good combination for DFS lineups this week. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, Green Bay is incredibly vulnerable. I mean, we're looking at a, a year where, frankly, just a lot of crazy things keep happening. Um, and Green Bay trailing Detroit, uh, maybe having Detroit win the division is, is evidence of that. So I, I would agree that um, – you know, certainly Cousins has the potential to put up some nice numbers against uh, Green Bay. Quick side note, it's kind of interesting that the, the, the Detroit Lions moved up into first uh, in the, in the uh, NFC, in the NFC uh, North on the bye week without playing because everyone else lost. That's amazing. Absolutely. All right. So moving, moving, on to, uh, moving on to running backs. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we were talking, again, talking about uh, that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Are you willing to spend the $40 on Le'Veon Bell in this game with the possibility of rain? Yeah, absolutely. This is where I did go heavy uh, on my spending this week uh, was to go in, in the running back space. And because if it is, if it is raining, a lot of check down passes, including just handing the ball off. So I think Bell is a, a safe play there to, to account for most of the offense. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. At this point, I almost want to say that he, I, I think it's probably fair to say that Ezekiel Elliott is practically matchup proof. Um, especially, you know, this Sunday, Baltimore's defense has come on pretty strong lately, but it's at Dallas. I really think that, that Dallas just marches all over the field on Baltimore. 
Um, I don't think I think that Dallas's defense has been has been playing pretty well, and I don't think that uh, they allow Joe Flacco to get hardly anything done. Their running game has you know Baltimore's running game hasn't been all that great, so I think I can see Dallas playing a whole lot of ball control and just letting Ezekiel Elliott run all over them. Um, and not letting Flacco get anything done, and so I've, I'm willing to spend the $36 on Ezekiel Elliott to let him, you know, let him do exactly what it is he does. So, at this point, I have a hard time betting against anything the Cowboys are doing because that team's really rolling. Uh, I think this is arguably, you know, about. I mean, they're going against the number one defense in the league as far as Baltimore is concerned. Uh, and they're one of these good all-around defenses. It's not like they're you know at the top in one thing, and you know they kind of are average somewhere else. I mean, they're they're at the top of both passing and rushing, or top five. So it's going to be a real challenge for Dallas's offense to keep rolling the way they are. Uh, but if they do, I mean, it's going to shift them from already being a hey maybe these guys are really for real type of discussion to hey these guys are really for real type of discussion. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of go into that tier two, tier three kind of thing for running backs. If you're maybe looking for a little bit of a value, um, for me, um, well, let's see. Let's move down a little bit. Um, going again, going back to that that Cleveland Pittsburgh game. There's a lot of news. Uh, there was a, a couple notes um, on Isaiah Crowell saying that Hugh Jackson um, has actually stated that he is wanting to get Isaiah Crowell more involved in the offense. Um, let me actually pull that up right here. Uh, uh, yeah, he's actually indicated that he wants to get back to running the ball with Crowell, um, who finished at, after the first five, first four games. Yeah, first four games. He had 394 yards, three touchdowns on 61 carries. He was averaging over six yards a carry. Um, and that was against the defenses that he went up against were Philadelphia, Baltimore, Miami, and Washington. Washington's the only team that's really bad in terms of run defense for those first four. After that, they kind of they just got away from the you know from running the ball. Um, you know, thir- you know, since then, 13, 9, 12, 11, 6, and nine carries. They just moved away from he's had, you know, what I want to say three Three touchdowns since then, two or one one receiving and two um, running the ball. You know, we saw this last week when we talked about CJ Procise and Pete Carroll wanting to get Procise more involved. And I think that with Isaiah Crowell, I think that being the running back type of guy that he is, that if Isaiah Crowell is going to get the ball more, if he says that he's going to get the ball more, I think that he will. And against Pittsburgh, who in most most uh, leagues, gives up the fourth most uh, uh, points, uh, fantasy football points to the running back position. I see that as a pretty favorable matchup for Crowell at only twenty two dollars. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good value. I mean, you're usually hard pressed to find the anybody in Cleveland that you want to trot out there. I had Terrell Pryor as a wide receiver just because every once in a while they're gonna have to sling the ball way downfield and hope to score some points. But I think Crowell is uh, certainly a good play. Uh, as far as values go that I had uh, this week, um, you know, on the running back side, uh, I think uh, certainly you could go deep value uh, with Rob Kelly at Washington for uh, Washington against Green Bay. Green Bay is not obviously a, a bad run defense at all, uh, but certainly Kelly has been getting the lion's share of carries. He's got like 40-plus carries in the last 
a couple of weeks, which is a nice play. And for a little bit more, I think Todd Gurley, I think this is the week that you really see him get a lot of touches the way uh, Fisher holds uh, Goff with kid gloves uh, up to this point. Uh, you've got to assume that they're going to come into this week uh, with an offense that is really heavy on Todd Gurley and not heavy on Jared Goff. So options for not just carrying the ball, but again, check down passes and whatnot, he, he's going to be, he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I could, I could possibly see him going that way. All right. Uh, let's move on to the wide receivers. Um, again, we talk about a lot of these, a lot of these top guys being practically matchup proof. Um, I mean, who who are the wide receivers? I know you went really heavy running back this week, so you're kind of more going in the mid range on the on the um, on the wide receivers. If if you didn't go so running back heavy, is there a wide receiver that you're really looking at uh, on the on the top shelf? Uh, this week, you know, it's it's kind of tough for me. I, I think you know, top shelf Antonio Brown. I, I'm concerned about the weather, so ultimately. You know, I went with uh, Eli Rogers because in case there is something going on with the passing game there, I think he's a better relative value at $15 versus 38 for what ultimately could be produced, especially if Le'Veon Bell is getting, you know, a great, you know, a lot of carries anyway, you know, based on that weather. Um, otherwise, uh, I like Jordy Nelson. Um, I think he's really been coming on uh, as far as him and, uh, Rogers getting back together. He's certainly not top tier this week. I mean, he's you know maybe that kind of B range twenty five dollar uh, play. Him or him or T Y Hilton is probably where I would look if I'm gonna you know spend spend higher higher dollars on a wide receiver. Okay, uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. The, uh, the maybe the other way to go would be uh, we talked about Eli uh, Eli Manning at twenty nine bucks. If you want to stack him with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, again, like you said against Chicago, who's the 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 main part of their defense is stopping the run with their front seven, and they've had a little bit of trouble on the back end. Um, in one league I have, I want to say Chicago has given up the most um, fantasy points to wide receivers. So maybe maybe stacking, if you're going to go Eli, stacking with Odell Beckham Jr., see, you know, kind of see how that could work out for you. So Always like the double dip. Um, and then you already talked about uh, Eli or Eli Rogers. There is kind of a, a value play. We're just saying he's like 15, 15 bucks for Eli Rogers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's you know he's the number two option pretty much this week. Yeah, I like um, maybe spending a, a little bit more uh, up in that kind of that second shelf range um, at Jamison Crowder. Again, the Green Bay defense. I, you know, we talked about. Uh, I talked about uh, Kirk Cousins at only thirty two bucks. I think a, a little bit, you know, less expensive of a of a stack would be to go with Jamison Crowder, Washington going up against that again that non-existent Green Bay defense in terms of the passing. Um, we look at how he scored even on just uh, for the season on uh, on Yahoo Fantasy, which is a half point PPR um, uh, on on here. He's had two games. James Crowder's had two total games of less than 11 points on Yahoo Fantasy. So I mean, if you're using him as, you know, even a wide receiver two or three, um, he's heavily involved. I mean, his targets have kind of ranged back and forth, but he also does some returning. And while you don't necessarily get return yards on Yahoo, you do get the return TDs. So if someone gets a return TD, which he has one or two of them already this year, he's got five receiving TDs. Um, through nine games, he's got 535 yards. So, I mean, he's on pace for 1,000 yards as well. So, 
I think that, you know, if you can maybe stack that way with a little bit of value, that could really help out um, if you're going to want to stat, you know, really pile up the, uh, the amount of cash you're paying on, on running backs, that could be a good way to go. Yeah, solid play. All right, on to the tight ends. So we obviously know that Rob Gronkowski is not playing this week. We talked about, you know, Jordan Reed, honestly, he's going to be a solid play, especially if you can stack him with Cousins. So beyond those two, where are you looking at, where are you looking at tight ends? I really like to ride Martellus Bennett, frankly, all, all season, even with Gronkowski there. Without Gronkowski there, I think you go even heavier towards Martellus. I mean, he shows up on the injury report each week, but he's, he's playing each week too. Uh, he's definitely the best option they have in the red zone. Him and, and Brady really have some great chemistry. And he's only 16 bucks. Uh, so by the time I got down to picking, uh, picking tight ends, that would be great for me. Unfortunately, I didn't have $16. I only had about $11, so I got Dwayne Allen. All righty. Yeah, I like I like that uh, that Martellus Bennett pick also, and simply because with a lot of the injuries that happen, what happens with when they put rosters out and and values out for um, daily fantasy sites, they what they tend to do is they put them out like they get everything set like the week before, and so they can't you know they're not taking players off you know so if someone's injured or even um, you know you look at. On the wide receiver list, Alshon Jeffrey is listed on there, even though he's suspended for four games. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of that stuff they they can't just you know it's not something that they can get in and take off. They've already got everything uploaded and ready to go. And with how big the site is, it would just be too much of a pain. So obviously, you know to to avoid some guys. And with Martellus Bennett, the value that he is sixteen dollars. If it wasn't for the fact that Gronk is out and Martellus is at sixteen bucks, I would go with the guy that we name every week and CJ Fedorowitz, <laughs> sixteen dollars. Um, you know, he's, they're playing in, uh, on the Monday night game against Oakland, who gives up a ton of yards, um, in the passing game. Um, he's only $16, uh, you know, but again, at the price that you're going to be getting him, Martellus Bennett is the way to go. I mean, unless you're willing to spend, um, a lot higher and maybe stack, say a Marcus Mariota with a Delaney Walker. Um, you know, I, I really think Martellus Bennett is, is probably going to be one of your better plays to go with this week. Absolutely. It is a favorable matchup. And uh, if I could just digress for one second on, on Alshon Jeffrey, and if anybody's ever watched Alshon Jeffrey play, which I unfortunately have, and I realize that he's not a number one wide receiver but thinks he needs that money, I was wondering what performance-enhancing drugs he was using because he's not running by anybody. He's not completely jumping over anybody. And most importantly, he can't catch. So where are those drugs working? Because the only positive reading you're getting is on the urine test, and it's not on the field. Uh, the, the, I think there, were, there was just enough potency left in them to show up on the, to show up on the urinalysis, but uh, they were probably just you know, past, past their expiration date, is my guess. He's buying the wrong vitamins off Costco's list or what? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, Josh Gordon, you know, smokes incredible amounts of weed and puts up nearly 1,800 yards in the season. This guy takes performance-enhancing drugs and can't catch a cold in a freaking elementary school. <laughs> uh, pretty much. So, all right. Uh, moving on to our last little section here with the defenses. There's a lot of defenses that are, you know, you. it's amazing how much you're having to pay for defenses now on DFS. I remember the first couple weeks looking at this, you know, because of where a lot of the defenses were, you know, there was a lot of unknowns. You were paying, you know, a max of like 16, 17 bucks for a defense. Yeah. 
Now you got Minnesota at 21 bucks, you know, the, the chiefs at 20, the Patriots at 19. I really think, I think it's, it would be a mistake to use the Patriots defense. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be up enough in the San Francisco game that I think Colin Kaepernick could put up some good numbers against them. Um, just, you know, running the ball, he's going to get, you know, he'll get the rush yards, um, you know, could get a, you know, a, you know, even a couple passes, um, maybe a passing touchdown or two. So, I mean, I would avoid spending on, say, the Patriots defense. Um, if you've got the budget, I really like um, the Miami Dolphins defense against um, against the L.A. Rams. You've got Jared Goff announced as the starter, starting quarterback. Um, on top of that, you have the Miami Dolphins defense. How? Where are they? Let me look at um, in terms of rushing yards per game on the defensive side where is Miami Miami they are Miami's 29 against the rush um, and they're giving up 4.4 uh, a carry 100 almost 129 yards a game yeah so like you were saying that could be a good game for for Gurley but if they you know if they spend more time actually stacking the box um, you know and f- try to force Goff to beat them that still could you know that could end up in their favor um, and so Plus, I mean, they had was it last week? They had four four picks in the fourth quarter alone, one return for a touchdown against uh, against Philip Rivers. So if if they can manage to if they can manage to get ahead because LA's LA's defense has had its issues, if they can manage to get ahead and force um, LA to have to pass the ball and not give the ball to Gurley, that could you know that could work in their favor. So, uh, kind of, what was what was a, another defense that maybe you were looking at? Maybe since since I know that you stack the rest of your players and kind of just fit in a defense where you've got the where you've got the money. Yeah, it's always just what I have left over. And this week, I I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm saying the Detroit Lions, and I think it's just because they're at home. It's favorable against Jacksonville. There's a few quarterbacks in this league where you know each week you're going to get turnovers, and Jay Cutler is obviously one of them, but Blake Bortles is is another one, and it's a lot of these. I mean, anytime you have a turnover, you're throwing interceptions. There's always a chance for a pick six, is the way I look at it, for a defense to score and give you some bonus points. So I want to take Detroit at home against Jacksonville for 13 bucks. I, I like that at, at the value. I think that's a that's a, a, a solid way to go. Um, not yeah, because I'm not really liking any of the rest of these defenses down towards the bottom. Um, you could maybe you could maybe make a case for the New York Giants at home with Jay Cutler throwing the ball around. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably pretty on the nose. I could have gone that route, and I, I wanted to try to avoid another Jay Cutler rant this week. But as I said last week, what you were going to get, Ryan, when you took that guy and he gave you what I said he was going to give you, and it was a Jay Cutler game, but it was the one touchdown, multiple turnover type of game that Jay has just such an affinity for. And the fact is, Jay knows he's not going to be on the Bears next year. And Jay actually knows he's probably not going to be in the NFL next year. He might be a backup somewhere, but I'm going on record now saying he will not be a starter anywhere because he's not going to accept going to Cleveland. He's not uprooting his family and going just about anywhere. He doesn't need the money. He's probably been betting large chunks of this money against the Bears for years because I'd like to know what the Bears are against the spread in the Jay Cutler era because it's uncanny how bad this guy is in periods where you think that he might have a chance to do something. So absolutely 
Anytime you got Cutler on the calendar, you can feel free to write in that defense as a value. I should have picked it up myself. I my fault. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Justin, I can see on the little picture here. I can actually watching Justin cracking up and practically falling off his chair laughing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more with the Jay Cutler thing. I it's one of those things that for years I know that Ryan would stream him. I think either last year or the season before, uh, and in, for the life of me, I'm like, why, why? I just. Because you're looking again, you're. I, I was never expecting him to have the huge game when I stream. When I was streaming quarterbacks, I go by the theory of all you really want is 250 and two, which he is capable of. His typical game is around 300 yards. It's just whether or not you're going to get the, the, the two touchdowns and one interception or the one touchdown and four interceptions. So, and honestly, you know, it, in the matchups I was able to take him, I usually, you know, two out of three games that I had him were pretty good. It was just, you know, usually the one that cost me big. So, that's how I got a contract extension and robbed the city of Chicago because for every one dollar Jay Cutler gets, it's a million tears from each Bear fan around the world. We could end the drought if we could just simply harness the tears we have of watching this man play football and rob us every single week. All right, so that's it for our DFS portion. <laughs> so, all right, Jess, let's uh, give it back to you, and uh, let's go through some start-sit uh, start uh, info. So these, these are some of the uh, scenarios that people have asked about and some, some scenarios that uh, some acquaintances are dealing with when it comes to some starts and some sits this week. Uh, we'll start off with a running back position decision. Do you start Doug Martin versus Kansas City, or do you start Theoretic? against Jacksonville, Ryan? For me, are we talking standard or PPR? Because, I mean, usually you and I play we'll PPR. We'll go standard. We'll go standard. We're going standard. <sighs> Doug, Martin's still coming. Doug Martin is still not fully healthy. Theoretic has done some serious damage, especially in PPRs, but in order to level the playing field, we'll go with standard. Well, here's the deal. Kansas City is giving up 121 yards per game on the, on the ground. Um. So, I mean, I, I think that that could be if, – if you're going to go standard, I could see Doug Martin. It looks like they didn't have him fully, you know, fully involved in the offense last week. They didn't necessarily need him. Um, but for me, in standard, I would probably go Doug Martin against Kansas City. Um, although Tampa Bay isn't much better. They give up 118 yards on the ground. But Theo Riddick – Theo Riddick doesn't run the ball a whole lot. He's more of the, you know, he'll run a few times and catch the ball out of the backfield. They're pretty much, I almost want to say like a a, a, a second-rate version of the, um, of the Patriots offense where their short passing game is their run game because they really don't have, I mean, New England has LeGarrette Blunt who can run the ball really well, but, you know, or, you know, at least – get the, the short yardage yards uh, that are, that's needed, especially around the goal line. But Wash, or, uh, Detroit doesn't really have that. Dwayne Washington hasn't been able to do that. Um, Amir Abdullah didn't really do that when he was healthy the first few weeks of the season. And so I, and Zach Zenner hasn't been able to do that. So really I think that, that if, it's in, if it's in PPR, you go theoretic. If it's in standard, you go, you go Doug Martin. So that's, that's my opinion. I don't know if Greg has a different thought on that one. No, I would agree with that. Um, you know, definitely the Detroit's no rushing juggernaut. 
so if if you're not in a PPR league, I would I would go against that. I, I mean, Jacksonville has given up you know, more touchdowns rushing. Uh, they they have given up nine rushing touchdowns versus versus Kansas City at four. But uh, I, I would still, um, as much as I can't stand Doug Martin, I guess I'd go with Doug Martin. So moving to a quarterback head-to-head matchup, uh, I'll throw this one to you first, Greg. Uh, do you take Andrew Luck or Marcus Mariota? Now, before you answer, I want to throw a few stats in there because it seems obvious that you would go with Mariota. But Andrew Luck is coming off of a bye. Last time they played Tennessee, he threw for 353-3. and And the last time that Mariota played Indianapolis, it was his lowest scoring game uh, in his big seven-game run that he's had, do you still like Mariota, or do you like Luck this week in the heads-up matchup against Tennessee? Yeah, it is, you know, I think at the, when you get through the end of the week, you're going to look down, and it's going to be a push between the two guys. There's going to be negligible difference between the two. But I, for me, I'm going to go with uh, Andrew Luck at home. Okay. Uh, Ryan, this one is over to you. Do you start Jameis Winston against Kansas City, or do you go with Tyrod Taylor, who's kind of had the hot hand right now against Cincinnati? Right now, Tyrod Taylor was our number one pickup quarterback position for those who have people like Matt Ryan uh, and Phillip Rivers. But do you like Tyrod Taylor even over Jameis Winston right now for this week? Um, Jameis, let's see. I honestly, for me, I would only play Jameis Winston this week if you had um, Mike Evans to kind of double up on the points there. Um, I I think I like Tyrod Taylor this week as a as kind of the pickup streamer of the week between those two, um, because because Taylor's able to run the ball a lot more um, to get to get more yards that way. Um, Winston's kind of you know Winston has been known to give up the the turnovers as well. Um, Tyrod Taylor does a little bit better job of protecting the ball, so he's not giving up as many turnovers. And so they're able to I, – I think that um, Buffalo is able to use the, uh, the play-action game a lot better with LaShawn McCoy and Mike Gillisley to be able to get the ball to Robert Woods. Um, you know, not they have really anyone else to pass to. But, uh, you know, even, even Robert Woods put up 160 yards on 10 catches against Seattle in Seattle. So I could see, I mean, for me, I'm, I would probably go Tyrod Taylor. For me, it's kind of a, a coin toss, but I like Tyrod Taylor this week. Uh, moving to the running back position, uh, in Seattle, do you like C.J. Procise or Thomas Rawls this week, Greg, with Thomas Rawls coming back? All indications are he's going to have a much – bigger role with not starting last week and getting some action this week, but does he overtake ProSize in the production this week? I'm going to show my bias here and go with the Golden Domer, which I know a lot of football fans don't like because some people hate Notre Dame and other great people love Notre Dame. And so I'm going to go with CJ ProSize here. Uh, I think he's the more talented back when it comes to all around. I mean, he was a former receiver, you know, transferred over and became a running back. And that, to me, as somebody who watched that team for a long time, not saying that C.J. Procise is, is Ricky Waters, the second coming, but he, maybe he's a little bit like Ricky Waters. 
Nice, nice throwback to a former Seahawks running back. (laughs) Um, I'd I'd have to agree there. I think that um, with how well ProSize played last week against New England, they'll they'll want to be. I think that they have the luxury of being a little more cautious with how much they get Thomas Rawls involved this week, and and just and steadily work up his his uh, his workload over the next couple weeks. So. Okay, moving to another uh, running back uh, decision. Ryan, do you like TJ Yeldon versus Detroit or James White against San Francisco more? This this is like a battle of which putrid run defense would you like to play against? But (laughs) I didn't even even let you get to the second option, and I already said no on TJ Yeldon. Um, The thing, but White, who's who's been uh, used a lot more within. New England only got like two carries and five and four catches uh, last week against Seattle. Now Seattle is definitely not San Francisco, but do you still like White over Yeldon against San Francisco? Well, here's the, here's the problem with James White is we still don't know um, how much they're going to get Deion Lewis involved in the offense. Um, looking here um, – yeah. Okay. So it it the little news came out uh, that Bill Belichick has admitted there will be a, a certain build quote unquote build up process with Deion Lewis. I think they're still working on getting him actually into game shape. So I still think that. So yeah, James White's probably still the guy uh, to use this week. Maybe not, not not maybe not necessarily to own for um, fantasy playoffs. Um, I honestly think James White because the offense is that much better, um, and they've. In the last couple weeks, um, let me actually pull up Yeldon stats real quick. Uh, for TJ Yeldon, over the last few weeks, I know that Chris Ivory's actually had a couple of good weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, he finished in, in full point PPR. He finished with 15 and a half points, seven attempts, but only 33 yards. He got a lot of his in, in a lot of his points in uh, in the passing game. You know. I'd honestly have to say I'd probably still go with James White just because the fact that he has um, Tom Brady throwing to him and not Blake Bortles. I think right there, that right there should be enough. If all things being equal, all everything else being equal, that should be a, a, the deciding factor. Uh, so you're not afraid of New England jumping out to a huge lead and then them just cramming the ball uh, while running with the one force object? They, they could. However, James White could be a part of that jumping out to a big lead with a pass, you know, with a you know a dump off pass that he runs for, or a screen pass that he runs for a touchdown. So um, I, I'm not see. I haven't seen much out of Malcolm Mitchell this year. I have not seen much out of Chris Hogan. He's been a bit of a disappointment from where everyone was expecting him to be. And so I still think that James White. I and mean, honestly, the Seahawks just played great defense against new england san francisco is not that defense yeah and so and so i think that james white will be a little bit more involved and be able to to do a little bit more this week than he did last week and therefore i think he's the the better pick over tj yeldon okay only two questions left to go and so i'll throw this one to you greg 
do you take Jarvis Landry this week against L.A. or Willie Sneed against Carolina? Willie Sneed had two touchdowns last week on five catches, uh, but that's really been the only splash he's had since week two. Do you take Landry or do you take Sneed this week? You know what? I'm going to go with Sneed just because, you know, following this week, once uh, once Matt Ryan and, and Drew Brees are evened up here on the bye weeks, Drew Brees is going to be you know, well ahead of, of Matty Ice as far as performance for the season. Um, he's obviously gotten over on Carolina before. I don't see this week being any different. So you got to go with the better quarterback in that situation. I mean, on the other side of the coin, you're, you're dealing with Ryan Tannehill, which – you just you cannot put your your week in in that guy's hands and hope that you know it's always going to work out. So I mean, I would I would go with with Snead here, especially in, you know if we were doing if we were doing DFS, uh, you got a much better value in there, I would think. Uh, okay, and then our last question coming in, we touched on this one uh, just before the show. Who has a better week this week, Ryan Jay Ajayi, uh, who didn't score last week? in the first week he hasn't scored in a couple of weeks, or Todd Gurley, who has struggled this year, but is looking to get a much bigger carry load uh, this week with Jared Goff getting a start. Uh, That's the fun thing is that they're actually going up against each other this week in L.A. Um, I still think, you know, Todd, I heard an interesting interesting, uh, comparison between, between Todd Gurley who played really well his first season, and Trent Richardson, who played pretty well his first season and then absolutely tanked because he didn't have anyone. You know, He got the snot beat out of him because he had no one to block for him in Cleveland and then got traded and then just you know, just no, nothing ever seemed to work for him. I don't think that, that Todd Gurley is the next Trent Richardson. I still think he's talented and can get the job done. But the L.A. offensive line is horrendous. They are terrible. Um, now Miami's Miami is giving up 100 was 128 yards per game on the ground. I think that their focus is going to be to stop Todd Gurley. Um, and like we said, their pass defense has been pretty good the last few weeks, getting you know getting turnovers. So uh, the LA defense they're giving up 103 yards, yeah, 103 yards on the ground per game. And so uh, the the strength lately of Miami has been making Ryan Tannehill a game manager and not putting the ball in his hands when it's when you know when the game is on the line and letting JHI run the ball. And so I I personally would go with JHI. I think that the overall offense, um, even with how bad Tannehill is, he's better than Jared Goff. And so I think the overall offense favors um, JHI over over Todd Gurley this week. What are your thoughts, Greg? I think based on the way the season's played out, that certainly makes sense, and that would be the uh, the logical play. But I mean, I think at this point, based on how much Goff is going to be limited, I think Gurley here is the play. I really actually do like your comparison to to Trent Richardson, uh, and I you know obviously he's not. He's not Trent Richardson, um, but he is he is a guy who in his second year is, is struggling a lot. I think, you know, against Miami's defense, he has the chance to to certainly improve that. But, you know, if he doesn't, uh, and if this isn't a week, 
then you have to wonder if there is going to be a week where he where he does it all this season. So I would go with Gurley at this point. Okay, so that uh, unless anybody else has anything additional to add, that looks like that will wrap up the show. Does do you, Greg or Ryan, have anything else that you want to say before we wrap up the show? Uh, I I think I'm good. Um, yeah, I don't think I got anything else. Greg, any more rants? <laughs> I, I am not going to uh, rant anymore. Uh, this week, I will I will save that up for for next week. Well, let me tee up one 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 question for you. Last thirty seconds of the show, do you take Ryan Tannehill or Jay Cutler this week? Anytime you can take another quarterback when listed next to Jay Cutler, you take that quarterback. And that's actually a really great question, Justin, because I was looking at this earlier, and if I could just get back to yeah, my DFS page here. There was an amazing value because we were talking about value picks. Well, I'll talk to you about a value pick. If we look down here at Jay Cutler, 24 bucks, right? 24 bucks. Jay Cutler is a starting quarterback. As far as I know, Chicago doesn't have another quarterback uh, on its roster. Now, if we go just this. It's, it's Matt Barkley. Yeah, so like I said, they don't have another quarterback on the roster. So if we go under Jay Cutler by just a little bit, and we look at players who aren't playing this week, Zach Mettenberger, $20. He's the number three guy on the depth chart, arguably. He is the better play this week than Jay Cutler. Okay, I, I had to throw that up there. I just I couldn't resist the, the, uh, the angst in the rants there but once again thank you everybody for joining us today uh for the uh, for the skull king fantasy football podcast uh brought to you by box dfs and box dfs firelines once again i am your host justin Skullrude, and with me for the pays show uh go ahead and sign off guys uh i'm i'm ryan scored founder of skull king football and i'm greg talcott disenfranchised bears fan <laughs> enjoy your week guys All right, talk to you later, guys.